What's going on, folks? It's your boy again in the building, Dr. Sean Thomas, here with episode 33 of the Be More Today show. We are back. We are back. We are back in the building. And, folks, I, I had a great week. I don't know about you. Uh, it's been nice. The weather in New York and in this part of the world has been very, very beautiful, um, which is nice and also kind of scary. But I'm thankful because it's another week and we're here again. And my quotation for today is simple as always. It's by Nadia Lopez. And she said, a part of reclaiming your time is taking care of yourself. Folks, this week I made it a duty, a mission to get more rest. Um, I needed to. I know I always say you have to get sleep, you know, six to eight hours is necessary or like seven to nine if you really can get it. Um, but I was not doing that. I was getting five hours. I was getting four hours. And it was, it was just crazy. It was not efficient. And I recognized that even in my doing certain things, it wasn't helpful. Um, I, was, I was less lazical in my work. I was lazy at the job. I wasn't giving my all because I didn't have the energy to really do so. So um, I, I made sure that this week I took time to get more rest. And I got to tell you, I feel great. Uh, it is such a joy to recognize that when you treat your body right, it will treat you right as well. So you got to really get out, go out there and take time and take time for yourself. I don't care what it is for you, um, whether it's going out there and, and getting massages or just drinking more water or eating properly, getting your exercise in, whatever it is, make sure you do that for yourself. You owe it to yourself to invest in your health and invest in your wealth. It's the only thing we really have nowadays, especially with COVID-19 and all else that's happening in the world. Our health is the most important thing that we can really treasure. So get out there, do it. And um, even for this month, which is National Physical Therapy uh, month, you know, I wanted to get someone on the show who um, appreciated what we do and what they do. And I said to myself, with this quotation of mine, who could I have on this show? And my guest popped up in my mind. He is my longtime friend, uh, a friend like no other, my brother from another mother. His name is Dr. Aaron Salinger. Now, Dr. Aaron Salinger is the owner of the Balanced Chiropractic and Wellness Center in Providence, Rhode Island. Dr. Aaron first became interested in chiropractic care at a very young age while sustaining a multitude of injuries as a child, actively participating in many sports and activities. Chiropractic care is largely what got him through his younger years. He is a 2006 graduate of National University of Health Sciences with a doctorate of chiropractic and a BS in human biology and a 2003 graduate of Bryan University, Bruno, you know, with a BA in community health. As a former Brown University pole vaulter, Dr. Salinger maintains an interest in track and field and experience in treating all types of athletic injuries. He has had extensive training in lower extremity and gait evaluation, as well as an active rehabilitation and weight training. Dr. Aaron's mission is to educate and adjust as many families as possible to help them achieve optimal health. We all visit dentists every six months to get our teeth checked and keep them healthy. Why wouldn't we have our spines checked regularly as well? Knowledge is power. Dr. Aaron empowers patients to make informed decisions about their health. He lives in West Greenwich, Rhode Island with his wife, Sherry, and their two children, Nathan and Haley. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, welcome to the stage, my old time friend, my brother from another mother, Dr. Aaron Salinger, a.k.a. A-Rock. Aaron, what's going on? Uh, the Shano! <laughs> what's up, dude? Man, I yes, am so dude. Yeah, man. I listen, I had to get you on the show because you're you're one of my longest friends. We have such a crazy history. Um at, from Brown, even before Brown, like you're my guy. And I feel like we're just both so busy. So we had to schedule this time to reconnect. And That's it's insane, okay. but I'm just so glad you're on the show today. Me too. How are you feeling? What's going on? Yeah, you look great. Life is good, dude. I mean, other than the fact that I used to have hair. <laughs> I got up early this morning to shave my head so cause, so that you wouldn't be able to see the uh, the line of where the hair used to be. Well, with hair, without hair, you still look great. So welcome on the <laughs> show. <laughs> I, I want people to know, you know, you and I were recruits um, for the Brown University Track and Field Program, and we met uh, on our recruiting trip, mm -hmm. uh, which is insane to me even think about because – Brown that that year was probably ninety eight ninety nine and we were just so young and, uh, and you went to Handon High School correct 
Mm-hmm. Um, you were a pole vulture there. And I just remember being at Brown with you, us coming in as freshmen, us really linking up um, from linking up as freshmen on the track team to being roommates uh, after our lip sync that we did, you know, to, to win the lip sync battle, which people need to know about. We did this lip sync battle contest. I talk and, about it to this day. Yeah, it's, it's something that people continue <laughs> to talk about. We won first in the housing and got to choose our room. And literally, we were roommates for the longest time, even to our senior year, 306, 306. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Braddon and um, 306. <laughs> Ben Daly. But it's been a journey with you. And um, I'm just thankful to have you on the show. And I got to really say, Aaron, you, my journey to be a physical therapist is really a testament to you because I was doing so many things at mm-hmm. Brown, as you probably can remember, um, mm-hmm. from dance everything. to track or everything. And you were really a stronghold when it came to knowing what you wanted to do. And um, I just really appreciate you and, and your holding me down um, through nights when I would come home, we have a test the next day and I was not ready and you were ready and you guided me through certain things. I remember sitting in certain lounges being like, yo, what is happening with this test tomorrow? And you were like, dude, where have you been? <laughs> You're, not, what You're are making you making me sound like a better student than I remember being, but thank yeah. you. No, absolutely. <laughs> so um, I'm, just, I'm just happy to have you on the show. And I got to ask, like I asked everybody, how are you doing? How's your family doing? And how has it been with COVID-19 for you in Rhode Island? I, I mean... Obviously, things are are not doing as good right now, but life is good. I actually, I tried to look at the silver lining the whole thing. I live in West, I don't, anybody who knows Rhode Island, West Greenwich, Rhode Island is the middle of nowhere. I have to drive a half hour to get to Providence every day for work, which is fine. I love, I love the commute, actually. I have two years of property, so we're we're in our own little zone here, and it was actually a really good time to reset, spend time with my family. I, it was, it was, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's awesome because it's hard to look at it like that, but we really tried to take all the positives out of it. And, you know, business obviously went down because nobody was leaving their house. We were down to about 40% of what we normally are at, but, and that, but that's okay. That's okay. I I mean, I mean, we really took the time to spend time together and, and, and not let outside distractions get in the way. And, we're getting antsy like everybody else is, but uh, it is what it is. I, I, I keep saying every, every time people complain about it, I say, you know, don't, don't lose sleep. It, it, it'll get back to the way it was. It's going to be a while, <laughs> you know, assume you're going to be wearing a mask through the end of 2021, but it is what it is. And obviously I've, I've been fortunate. So it didn't affect me as negatively as it affected other people. So we try and, you know, we've tried to help out other people who, who maybe weren't doing as good, but you know, we've kept our heads up and uh, I, I think we're better because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not surprising. We're a stronger you, family because of it. Yeah. And not surprising at all. You were one of the, and still are one of the, the most thoughtful people that I've met in my life. Um, thoughtful nice. in the sense that you're always one to give no matter what the situation is to someone else, if they need help or assistance or what have you, you always had that even when we were in college um, and I remember even on a recruiting trip, I, we gravitated toward each other because we had a connection there. And, um, you know, I went to school in Connecticut. You were at school in Connecticut clearly because you live there. But, you know, we came from different paths, clearly. But for us to come together and still connect, you know, it, it, to me, it touched me. And it made me just remember the thoughtfulness that you continue to give to people. And it shows, I'm sure, in what you do with patients. So um, before I talk about your, your, your work, I'm curious. Now, I know that you have done a, a lot of uh, sports, um, figure skating, etc. And I didn't know you had so many injuries, though. Talk about the injuries that you, you experience in, in life. You know, I, I wouldn't say, I mean, I can tell you that as a kid, I probably went to the emergency room like five times. Um, but probably not that much because of sports, although I can think of one in particular. It was just getting thrown all over the place. I mean, I didn't have that many acute injuries. I didn't break my first bone till I, it was really more once I got to high school that I started, that I ended up hurting myself. And it wasn't even necessarily always chiropractic care that I needed it, but in general, chiropractic care is what helped me stay healthy, um, keep everything functioning properly. But in terms of injuries, I remember, God, I was into pole vaulting from, the start. I mean, I met up with Brad, who was obviously our mutual roommate. And we said, the first big injury I had is we set up a little pole vault set up in the backyard without any mats or anything like that. And I 
went up one day. I set everything up. I had a little bungee cord that I was jumping over that was tied on one end to a tree and one end to a ladder. And then I would secure the ladder to the garage. One day, apparently I forgot to secure the ladder to the garage. So I went up and over and I hit the bungee felt. There was all this slack all of a sudden I turned over to look at the ladder and it was in my face. (laughs) That was an emergency room trip right there. (laughs) And then, and then I, I think another one, I think I broke my wrist because I was doing like the 300 hurdles and, trying to show off and do a good job, got way too much air, lost my balance in the air, came down and broke my wrist. And that was, and, and would you believe that three weeks and five days after I broke my wrist, I was pole vaulting again. Mm, mm. So that was a testament to, to my body healing really fast. Yeah, that's crazy. Can you explain to people what the pole vault is? Cause I've talked about a couple of different events on the show about triple jump clearly, but what is the pole vault and how did you get into this thing? Well, the answer for how I got into it is very simple. Uh, I did cross country. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't know anybody because I came from a private school and went to a public school. Cross country seemed like a good sport to do, so I did it. And, of course, like every short little kid with not that much athletic ability, I was like, I'm going to run the mile. <laughs> so I show up to the first day of track practice, and, and for no apparent reason, the coach said, all right, distance runners, you're running nine miles. Nope, that wasn't going to happen. Everybody else who wants to try pole vaulting, go over there. And Brad, who I knew in high school, also was pole vaulting. And so I said, all right, I'll try this. And I was not very good at all. Um, but that was because I was still five feet tall. But what pole vaulting is, is basically you are, the goal is to get over as high of a crossbar as you can without knocking it off. You run down, you use a very long pole, you run down the runway and stick it in the box at the end, it bends, and then it flings you up and over the bar, and the goal is to get up over as high of a bar as you possibly can. Um, so you can imagine that that was a terrible idea to do without math in my backyard. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, it was one of my less, uh, less brilliant ideas. But even from going from high school, which you had to be somewhat good to get recruited, right, to go well, into college... I, wasn't good when I was five feet tall as a freshman, but I improved two feet every year. Yeah. That's what it was. As I started to grow into my body and gain some athletic prowess, that's when I got good and got the attention of college recruiters. Yeah. yeah. And I remember you being, you know, you were, you were good in college. You did your thing. You held it down. Um, and I, I, I could never do that clearly. Um, but seeing you progress through, through college was amazing for me. Um, you and Brad clearly. And I'm sure that that for me was the, the end of me seeing your, 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 your physical feats. But I know that when you were at Brown, you also were a community health major because I was for a hot second. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> um, why, that's how I even figured out what that major was because you were in it. Then you bailed on me. I did bail on you. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing at all. Um, You're like every other college freshman or sophomore. Right. But you stuck with it. And clearly I remember at the time you knew you wanted to be a chiropractor. You knew that off the bat. Um, how did you know you wanted to do that? And what was your journey after Brown to get that goal done? Well, you want the honest answer for why I decided to become a chiropractor? Absolutely. Thought I was going to be rich. <laughs> I remember when I was like 10 years old, I saw in, you know what an explanation of benefits is mm-hmm. that says what the insurance company paid and everything. And back in the day, there was go to the chiropractor. There's no copay. They're paying them. God knows how much per visit. There's no limit on the number of visits. And so I, and I saw there was a million people always in there. Oh man, I'm going to make, it's not the same way anymore. Now I have to actually work a lot harder. But, um, you know, then I looked into it and I was like, oh, you know, this is, I wanted to be in some sort of healing arts. Um, I liked the idea of holistic kind of natural healing. Um, and I just, I went with it. I mean, I just, it was, it was pretty easy for me. I knew what I wanted to do right away. Uh, if I could do things differently now in terms of the progression of that, knowing what I know now, I probably would do it a little bit differently, but, um, in general, I, I knew right away that I, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't know that much about what chiropractors do because the reality is they do a million different things and everybody practices a little bit differently, but, um, yeah. I, I, I worked my way through and I decided and I stuck with it and I, and I decided this is what I want to do. And I, and I, a big part of it too, is I wanted to be my own boss. So right. I knew that I always wanted to open my own practice. I am not a, 
I'm not a work for somebody else kind of guy. I'm just not built that way. I sometimes to my own detriment, I want to do things my own way, but, uh, that, that was a big part of it too, is being, you know, I grew up with a, with a, with a dad who had his own businesses and I, I liked the way life looked that way. Having your own business. How long is the schooling? Uh, in general, probably about the same as medical or DPT school. It's, the way, and actually all chiropractic schools do it a little bit differently, but the way mine did it was it is, they do it on trimesters. So there wasn't any, there's no summer or anything like that. Once you start, there's three trimesters a year and it was 10 trimesters. So it takes going through the summers, it took three and a third uh, calendar years. Right. So I started in September and then graduated in December. Right. Yeah, very similar to, to PT, like you said. Yeah, um, that's what I figured. And then how Basic would you sciences and yeah. then all that kind of stuff. How would you describe, because a lot of people, and I guess I wanted to bring you on specifically to, to debunk some myths, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people talk about chiropractic and they describe, like you said, various ways. How would you describe exactly what chiropractors do? Well, I'm gonna, that's a loaded question. Um, we all do things differently. There's, and I'll tell you that the way I practice is 180 degrees different than the way I thought I was going to practice. Yeah. I mean, my vision of my practice was about as opposite as it could be from the way I practice now. Um, I mean, not, not, not all facets, but um, when I first started, I was, you know, I, I was a, I was a pain management guy. I was trying to get, I was trying to get people out of pain. I would tell people, yeah, we got to, you know, it's good to stay on top of it, take care of your spine even when you're not in pain, but nobody ever listens. Everybody wanted to get out of pain and I didn't really have them have anything to show them other than that. Um, and I was really, I was trying inadvertently to, to be a physical therapist, but I wasn't a physical therapist. And it was only when I realized I'm not a physical therapist, I'm a chiropractor that practice started being a lot more fulfilling. Um, Cause there's a, ton of great physical therapists already out there. If somebody needs physical therapy, I set, I send them to physical therapy. Um, but it, I realized and I tell this to patients first thing when they walk in my office is I'm not a pain doctor. I'm a health doctor, which I feel like the world needs more of anyway. And the way I explain it is if I, if we do this correctly, if we get your spine functioning properly, the pain should go away, but that's not our goal. Our goal is to make your spine healthier, make it last for your whole life, make your whole body healthier. So let's be honest, the whole the central nervous system sits inside the, 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 the spine. So if you can make the spine happy, you can make the central nervous system happy. Uh, a lot of the work I do is, and this is, there's plenty of chiropractors there that out there, which is what I used to do. You get electric stim with some heat packs, maybe a little soft tissue work, an adjustment, and then when you're out of pain, you're done. Whereas I, we're trying to make objective changes to the spine. So when I, most new patients that come in, we do x-rays of their whole spine and we're, but we're not looking for, we're not doing x-rays for the reason your general practitioner might send you for x-rays. They're, they're looking for two things is fracture and pathology is really what it is. We're looking more. And I, I always, I'm really big on explaining this to patients because nobody's going to do anything or get any better if they don't understand what it is you're trying to do. Um, I say we're looking for structural abnormalities. How straight is your spine from the front? How level is your pelvis? How well have you maintained what should be the normal shock absorbing curves of the spine, like the lordoses and the kyphoses and where are you, where should you be? And how can we get you there? And I always tell patients, you're going to be out of pain really, you know, most of the time, it's not that hard to get people out of pain. It's a question of how we're going to keep you out of pain and make your spine age graceful. Yeah. You know, you're the first one who I've heard describe it that way. Um, the initial response you gave is usually the one that most patients come to me saying if they're mm-hmm. chiropractor, that what they're actually getting there. Um, right. But you're the first chiropractor who I've heard describe what they do with that mentality. So I really, I really appreciate that. Not just because you're my friend, but also because it gives a clear description of what you do. Um, and it also puts it in this category for letting you know, this is what we're focusing on. Um, overall health, right? Pathology for the spine, mm-hmm. looking at those certain things. Um, now I can answer this question clearly, but I'm just curious in what your thought is. 
because you mentioned that you send some of your patients to physical therapy. Um, mm-hmm. Who would you refer out to physical therapy and why? Uh, somebody who clearly their body is deconditioned and they're out of shape and they don't do anything. And do I, could I do some rehab with people in my office? And we do, I do include some exercises, but a full rehab program, unfortunately, and I, I don't like to make it about money, but the way chiropractic works with insurance, I can't sit there and do a half hour, 45 minutes of rehab with them because they're paying me for an adjustment. They're not paying me for an adjustment and then to do 45 minutes of rehab. Um, so I wouldn't be able to pay my rent at my office if I, if I practiced that way. And it took me a while to figure that out. So basically it's identifying patients that, um, I am realizing are, are, there's something stopping us. And it's because I could get their spine functioning perfectly, but if their body's totally deconditioned and then we're going to, we're going to hit a brick wall at the end every single time. So we need to either refer them out or we do a lot of, I have a bunch of people that we're co-managing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like so, that because there are people who we co-manage too, or who I co-manage as well that I know that would benefit from a chiropractor. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think everyone needs to come to physical therapy. I don't think everyone needs to go to a chiropractor. Like, you know, everyone has their thing that they have a problem with. So like you said, it's scope of practice. You know, if, if, if it's in your realm, then you're the prime person to do it. Or a co-treatment is a great way to actually work on someone as soon. As long as the PT and the chiropractor are talking together, then that could be a great relationship to get someone to really be better. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the, the wave or the history of our professions has made it that we feel like we're enemies of each other. And I, yeah. I never felt that way, um, partially because of you. Um, and I would always say, because when people start talking about chiropractors, I'm like, no, 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 no. My friend Aaron, dot, dot, dot. Like it's, always, it's always a conversation because I, I know that you were never one to just fulfill whatever the stereotype was for a chiropractor. You actually are someone who cares for their patients, that you give the ultimate attention to what their real needs are and that you're good at what you do. You know what I mean? And like, like any other job that people talk about, you have good people at the jobs and bad people, right? You have good bus drivers and bad bus drivers. You have good Mm -hmm. pilots and bad pilots. You have good MDs and bad MDs. You have good PTs and bad PTs. And it's the same for chiropractors as well. So you've been always my, my go-to when I am defending and explaining to my patient what chiropractic is and the practice of that, because for some, and depending on the insurance, you know how this goes. For some, it's really just, you know, ice pack, stem, maybe laser, some kind of other contraption, and then they're out the door. And even for PT, it can be that way as well. But when it comes to really looking at getting someone better holistically and looking at what our profession is supposed to be doing, it has to be deeper than that. It has to be bigger than that. And you've always just, I never told you this, but you've always been that person that I say, well, my guy, Aaron, does bot, dot, 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 dot. And I continue to do that because I think that we should be working more together. There should never be a divide mm-hmm. between chiropractic and physical therapy. They, they are different in their own regard, but yes, there are similarities. And you may find some chiros who do more exercises, some PTs mm-hmm. who do more manual, but you know, we each have our lane. And I think if we just were more um, open and, and communicating to each other about our patients and about what we're trying to do collectively, we can make more people better. Um, mm-hmm. I do think, like you said, insurances make things hard in general to do it. It makes it especially hard for us because the insurance company, if you ask them what a chiropractor is, what do you think the answer is? Right. We're paying doctors. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to pay, we don't want to pay one visit past the time that they're out of that initial acute pain. Well, okay. Then you're going to pay for it again in a week when the pain comes back again. Why not really fix the problem? Right. So uh, unfortunately people end up paying more out of pocket probably at my office than they do at a physical therapist's office. That's my guess. I don't know, but I, you know, we're probably chiropractic insurance pays for like a month of care. A lot of people who, if somebody's had back pain for 30 years, is it really realistic to get them to their best possible point in 12 visits? No, but you know, it is, it is what it is. We, we make it affordable for patients. So we're able to continue with a lot of people. Yeah, it's a bigger issue than, than I think you and I. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it is it is an issue with the whole the the world. The insurance system makes it easier to do nothing and take a pill. Yeah, because in most because number one, it takes more energy to get up and go to one of our offices, and number two, 
medication's usually just covered and you don't have to think about it. Whereas you got a copay when you come to us and a limit on how much care you can get. So it is, you know, and human nature is the path of least resistance. Yeah. So that's a lot of, my job is not just to treat, put my head, like a lot of people, they think they're going to come in, fix me and then, then I'll be done. No, I need to educate you on how to take care of yourself and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Every, we, we, we really try and take patients to, or get patients to take responsibility for their own health, not just come in and get fixed by me. Mm-hmm. Fixed, yeah. No, I hear you. So you've gone on um, and you've been very successful with your own practice, Balanced Chiropractic and Wellness Center. Talk to me about what that has become and how you started it. Uh, the answer is, to start it is, you're starting with nothing. Find a building or find an office that you think might be the right fit. I did it. And when you don't have any money, my dad came up for a week and we were painting and doing the floors and setting it up as best we could for what I needed. Um, you know, you got to number one, I had no idea how to, <laughs> what to do. Cause you got to learn not only how to run a business period, but you have to learn how to run a business in the healthcare realm, meaning you got to get network with insurance companies because as much as insurance doesn't cover that much, there's not too many people who just don't accept insurance because it is, a lot of people don't, they're not even going to come in your door if they know that they're paying cash from the start. Um, it's a matter of learning how to, you guys use electronic healthcare records? Yeah, it's a matter of demoing a lot of those, figuring out what you want to do, and then learning how to use it, learning how insurance billing works. And let me tell you, I know how to do all of it because I did it for three years before I hired my first assistant. Um, and then just figuring out how to get, patients in the door for the for the first six months i didn't even have a website because in my mind and this is how green i was getting out of school no nobody looks online for a chiropractor every it's all you know personal referrals that is so far from the truth because about 50 percent of my referrals are just because i have a website that's very optimized and it says exactly what we do and people very often will say i came in because i like what what your website had to say and do you know who got me online first and is the one that got me to realize that you have to have a website and he still and then we, we've spent a lot of time working on it and he still manages it to this day Eric Schrock? No not Eric Schrock <laughs> shout out to T-Bone Tony Hattel Oh Tony well done <laughs> Tony who has an MBA from MIT and an MPA from uh, Harvard still makes time and flew jets and stuff still makes time to do my website and will never accept a dime for me. So he, now that he lives in Rhode Island, he knows he gets free chiropractic care for life. That's great. That's great. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was a big thing for me too, is realizing that you got to have a dope website. Mm. People, that is the world we live in. You have to, if you don't have one, you essentially don't even have a business Mm. unless you've been doing it for 40 years and, you have a million patients already. Right. Especially now, I think, because COVID-19 has been so insane. Like, everything is, Mm -hmm. everyone's virtual. Everyone's online looking at something. So, um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, yeah, you've you've had more clicks than before with with the insurgence of people being online more. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I was always fascinated by you because you started, you were in grad school before I was, so you were ahead of me in terms of your, your career, but you always had a knack for wanting to be your own entrepreneur early on. And um, mm-hmm. you and I have had ongoing conversations about this just because, you know, living in New York is a little different living in Rhode Island when it comes to starting a business. This is, it's just, I know. Um, but I, I do think I, I want to do that on my own at some point in time. And you've been actually one of the people who have, has always been in the back of my head saying, Aaron did it. If he can do it, of course I can do it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying, for real, like, you know, if, not not saying anything against you, but I just know that, you know, you and I share that that kind of drive and, you know, yeah. it's, it's more like a why not? Like Aaron did it, yes. so why not, yes. you know? If, yes. No, Aaron can you do can it. can definitely do it. Yeah, so. I um, encourage everybody to, to try and do their own. There's obviously downside. Nobody, nobody pays me for vacation time. Nobody pays for my health insurance. But in the end, it's very fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just really, really impressed by you with that, especially given all that you have accomplished up, up to this point in your life. And I'm curious about the, the team that you work with. Now, mm-hmm. I know you said you, you, you did hire as someone to do your billing for you, but you were very alone for a while doing your own stuff. Do you have a team now that works with you for your, for your mm-hmm. practice? And who is that team? 
I have one and a half employees. I have a full-time, uh, she's, she's the office manager. She runs everything. I, I still help out a little bit with the insurance billing just because I know so much about the little nuances and everything. Um, but she pretty much runs day-to-day operations of the practice. She, she's somebody who I hope is the, and, and I think she hopes so too, is the long-term uh, solution for, for, for running the office. She's, she does everything. She knows from being behind the front desk and doing scheduling, checking out, billing, all that kind of stuff. She also, if it gets busy, is a, knows how to come on the, I call it my adjustatorium, um, come on the floor and help operate some of the screens. We do a lot of work with, you know what power plates are, right? We do a lot of work with power plates and she knows how to do all the basic things I do. And we have a whole system. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which are my really busy days, I have a not second assistant. We call them CAs or chiropractic assistant um, who comes in and her job is even more important now. And she actually is, she's only been with me for about a month. Um, but her job is, even more important than it ever was. Cause what do you, what do you think based on COVID? What do you think the most important thing she does for me right now is I'll tell you, you don't really have to guess. She wipes That's everything. Down. She, <laughs> she basically has a spray bottle duct taped to her hand and yeah. that's what she does. She, she, just make sure everything is cleaned. We try and press all the buttons on the machines for the patients if we can, but if we're busy, they'll press them and we'll make sure we sanitize in between. Yeah. Um, we have a few patients that still do, uh, that have electric, that use electric stim. Um, and she, you know, sets them up. And the key to having a team is making sure everybody knows what their role is. They know, and we're constantly working on it, but they know what I need them to do when I need, need them to do it. And the better that works, the better of just an experience it is for patients. Yeah. That's what it is, is, is you, you never want patients to walk in and think, wow, it looks like nobody really has any idea what they're doing around here. So, yeah. and that happens every oh, once yeah. in a while where we have a mix up and, and it's a bad look, but we explain this is why this happened. And in general, Nikki and uh, Samantha are both, they're reliable. They don't miss days of work. They are there doing exactly what I know they, what they know they need to do and what I need them to do. Great. Now, so, I, I know that you, for a while, were, uh, you had patients who were coming from the Brown Athletic Program. I know a lot of the track runners were coming to you and mm-hmm. some other athletes. What's your clientele right now? Um, even before COVID-19, what's your current clientele? Well, because before COVID-19 and, and since COVID-19 are very different. Um, I, I got to tell you, I don't really have much of a relationship with the, um, with the training room. The, the, the answer is if they have somebody they absolutely cannot figure out what's going on in and traditional routes do not work, then they'll send them to my office. I mean, I can't remember the last time that's happened because they have their own system. They have their own portal of things that they do that doesn't really involve chiropractic. They have, you know, they come in, they see the trainers. If there's something going on, they have the orthopedist from university orthopedics that comes in once a week. Um, usually most of them, I mean, same way when we were there, most people can do all the rehab that they need to do in the training room. And then they'll send somebody out to physical therapy every once in a while. If it's more than the training room can handle, but they have their own systems and, and they're, you know, they, they don't, they don't as much in, include me. And I did used to have a pretty good relationship with the, with the track team, but for a while the staff turned over so quickly there, if you remember, yeah. and then I just kind of lost contact okay. with them. So I don't do as much work with them, but my clientele in general is on the younger side because I'm in a college area and I love that. And the reason why I love that, not not that I love old people too, but the reason why I love that is because a lot of what I do is preventative. So if I have somebody who has, you know, is 60 and has had neck pain for 40 years and I take an x-ray and it's, it looks like a bomb went off inside of them. They've got all sorts of, you know, reversal of the normal curve and arthritis and disc thinning and all that kind of stuff. Well, there's a limit to what I can do. I can, you know, there's, there's only so much curve correction and all that kind of stuff you can do on a spine that's been tortured that much for so many years. 
there's a lot more potential to make change and help people live long, healthy lives and not let their spine break down when they come in before it breaks down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a, I, a test, or an example of this is I had, I have a patient, she was in the other day and she asked me, she was just curious. She was like, what's the, what's the oldest patient that you, that, that you treat here? Cause she noticed that she's definitely like, it, it's a, a much younger uh, patient base in there. Yeah. And, and my, and, and I answered her question with a question. I said, how old are you again? <laughs> and, and the answer was 72. And I said, I, you know, I really feel bad saying this because you're a very young 72, but it, it is you right now. <laughs> I did feel bad saying that. And, and we had a good, she's, she's very, very sweet and funny. And we had a nice little giggle about it, but uh, that, that's an example that, that kind of, illustrates that that we have a a much younger population although i don't i mean i have a bunch of RISD students right now rhode island school design which are is right next to brown i know you know that i'm telling your audience that um but there's not i can't i have a few brown grad students but in general that's probably why i'm still about 10 to 20 percent slower overall than i was than i would normally be at this time and it's because i don't have almost any Brown students because they're just, they're, there's not a lot of them on campus. I think they might be still doing all their classes online. Um, and they're not really, they're just, they're not coming in. I'm, I, I would normally have like, you know, 10, 12 Brown students as patients at a time. And I, I think I have two grad students right now and that's pretty much it that just because they're, they're not really around the way they were last year. Yeah. And that's okay. It yeah. is what it is. They're a little bit, harder to manage in general because if somebody comes in a month before the the year is over and they clearly it's going to take longer than that we have to figure out how are we going to work around this if we know they're leaving the area and they're coming back all that kind of stuff but um yeah so we don't have as many it's still a young population but but not as many brown students per se right now got it so now that everyone has adjusted to zoom life right because you and i are in the clinic so we're, we're pretty much up and, and going around all day but a lot mm-hmm. of people are now home sitting for hours at a time mm-hmm. our students are now home some hours at a time our young kids are at home also on zoom you know 10 12 15 years old um what are your thoughts on because this may be happening for a while now right we're talking this may be really mm-hmm. around possibly the end of next year um, some people permanently, some people are never going back to the office. Right. So what are your thoughts in terms of, since you are in my, my mind, the spine expert, right? What are your thoughts in terms of people's response to this in terms of them sitting for hours at a time, being at their desks for Zooms, for work, um, not really doing activities that are going to be getting out of the chairs and for the incidence of back pain, probably increasing over the next couple of months, if not years, what are your thoughts on how we as a people or society should be adjusting to the new normal? That's a good question. Excuse me. I mean, this is that, as you can imagine, this is totally something that comes up in my practice. God, I, I, I would say on a day, on a daily basis, but it's more on like a minutely basis, if that's such a word. Uh, I can't even tell you how many times I have had the conversation with people talking about proper ergonomic setup. Because nobody thinks of it. They, if, if they think logically, they know. But everybody's sitting like this in front of their laptop or looking down at their phone like this all the time. So I have what I should probably do, actually, I just a light bulb just went off in my head, is come up with a list of all the things I need you to do to change your ergonomic setup at home. I mean, I also have a whole presentation that I do on proper ergonomic setup. But, yeah, it's, it's making things worse for a lot of people. I have a lot of people who, you know, the recovery is going a little bit slower than I'd like it to. And it's because unfortunately um, they're doing everything they're, that I'm telling them to do, but then they're going home and sitting like this for eight hours straight. So we talk a lot of, about, about a lot of basic things, elevate your monitor. And you obviously can't type like this, elevate your monitor, get a wireless mouse and keyboard. And, and then it's like a regular computer. If you want to do one better, Get, a, get an external monitor also, and then you can just use it like a desktop when you're sitting at home. Don't work on the couch. Don't work in bed. That's the worst idea ever. And it should be easy to avoid those things because after you do it for 10, 20 minutes, it starts to hurt. It, it, pain is a really motivating 
thing. But for some reason, people will just stay in that position and, and not change it. But um, it certainly has made a lot of a lot of cases more difficult to manage because, you know, if you think about it, we're, we're trying to put them in this position and they're just going home and undoing it for, for four hours. Um, so we try and mitigate all these things as much as we can. Yeah. Um, yeah. By explaining proper ergonomic posture and all that kind of stuff. Have you heard of the term text neck? Tech neck. Yeah. Yeah. Or to, I've heard tech neck and text neck. Can you yeah. explain to the listeners what that is? Yeah, it's looking down all the time. We're, we're, we are what we call a flexor dominant society. And quite frankly, this is why my practice is booming because it's an epidemic, even before the epidemic. Um, it is, you know, we are, we all, everything we do puts us in this position. We're looking down at our phones. You find me one person that doesn't look down at their phone at all. Um, we're all looking, most people are using laptops while they're at home. And so mechanically what it's doing is, you know this, I'm telling it for your audience. We're supposed to have a normal curve in our spine. But what are you doing when you're like this? It is putting, instead of extension, you're putting flexion into your spine and you're basically just telling your brain all day long, I don't really want this curve in my spine. I want, I want the opposite curve. And in a lot of people, after a while, it just starts to listen to you. So tech neck and tech neck are probably a general term just for pain in your neck because you have poor posture all the time because of all the tech stuff that you're doing, the electronics. Um, and, but I think about it even more structurally, what is it actually doing to your neck, which is it is encouraging you to have the opposite of the kind of curve that you want to have in your neck that makes it a good weight bearing structure for your head. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a term that we talk about a lot at the job because a lot of the people who come in who do have these issues are younger. Um, either they're video game players or just your regular college student, or your regular person who's just on their phone for hours at a time in, in that position. So it's like you said, we're a very flexion dominant society. Um, mm-hmm. The reverse in that is going to be tough, but you know, every single day, putting a little more into it. And like I said, the meeting, reclaiming your time uh, mm-hmm. to take care of yourself, but those small adjustments, no pun intended, can really yeah, make you feel a lot I better. You like, that, right? you like that? <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Um, if you're just joining us now, folks, I'm with my good friend, Dr. Aaron Salinger, owner of Balance Chiropractic and Wellness Center in Providence, Rhode Island, uh, former Brown Track and Field pole vaulter, uh, a man of many talents, a husband, and a father. And A Rock, I want to talk to you about your kids because I haven't really had a chance to connect with you with these kids. How is it being a dad, uh, a father, um, a husband um, during this pandemic? Um, how's it been for you and your family? And, and you know, how's it feel at this point in time, seeing that the, the growth that your family has, 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 has accomplished over these, these couple months? So here's what I always tell people. I love being a chiropractor. It is like my passion, I love taking care of people. It will always be second to being a father and being a husband. I, 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 really what I would say is that everything that I do in life, it, professionally and all that, I want to help the world. I want to help people's spines, all that kind of stuff. In the end, it helps me to be the best father that I can be and the best husband that I can be. It is, I've, I've been very, very blessed in, in practice and everything that's happened um, so that I have the, the time and the flexibility to, to be home with my family. I honestly, I can't remember the last week that I spent 40 hours in the office. Mm. I don't do it. I don't do it. I've set up my schedule and my life so that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I am done between 12 and one. Now I'm, I get up, I go out, I get up at five o'clock in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because to me, that means the first two hours of the day, I'm not even wasting it away from my family because they're sleeping anyways. So I just get up, get that out of the way and go to work and I'm home. I can pick my son up from school on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which is one of the most fun things in the world when they, I mean, it's a little different with COVID now, but you wait in a line outside and they call him and he comes out because he is going into school. They're just wearing masks and all that kind of stuff. And even with his smile, with his mask on, I can see the smile when he sees dad's there to pick him up. Yeah. It is fun, man. They are 
Yeah, they are fun. Every time they do something new, it is. I mean, it's easy at online Hebrew school this morning and he is just, it is so frustrating and amazing at the same time because he's just like me because I can't stop him from sitting there. The hardest part, and this is why we didn't, we sent him in because we thought distance learning was going to be impossible because he's exactly the way I was when I was a kid. He just looks at himself every time. He's not even looking at the teacher or anything else. He's going, taking faces at himself in the corner. And how can I get that mad? That's exactly what I would have, would have been doing if I, if Zoom existed when I was a kid, because I know myself. He has all those little personality traits and characteristics and same way I was. Yeah. It yeah. is crazy. And Haley is just this little diva, girly girl. And I mean, you know me, I'm as liberal as they come. Do whatever you want. Play, you know, dress like a boy, dress like a girl. I don't really care. Uh, but she has guided herself towards that. I swear from she just wants to wear, she has every princess dress there is. She wants to put them on all the time. She wants to do girly girl stuff. She's going to be Rapunzel for Halloween. Um, and we took a picture of her. I'll text the picture later of her wearing her Rapunzel wig. It's like, she's pretty much looks exactly like my sister did when she was that age. <laughs> um, but they're awesome. So it, it, it's amazing. I am truly blessed with uh, my wife and children. Yeah. Shout out to Sherry. I know she holds things down as is my wife. She does. Um, yeah. Sonali, she's, she's the, she's a, a princess as well. So I'm sure that they're mm-hmm. going to, whenever they, they do get a chance to meet, they're going to bond very, very well together. Yeah. Uh, we have all the dresses as well, so it's definitely a thing. And yeah, she's in school too, so you know it, it's it's great to have them in school, um, just for the interaction. And you know, mm-hmm. especially because you and I are so into making sure people are moving. You know, seeing her sitting at the computer for when they were virtual for a hot second, yeah. versus seeing her actually come home from school so happy right. and exhausted because she was moving actually all day. Yeah. It's a totally different thing. So um, that just shows us that we have to keep moving. We got to find ways for mm-hmm. us to move on a regular basis. Our entire day sitting in these chairs, as opposed to actually going out there and getting those steps in makes a difference in the long run. So um, mm-hmm. folks, you can go out there and do anything move, movement wise. Please, 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 please do that for sure. Well, that's the other thing that, you know, I didn't even think about this earlier. That's the other thing about, I love about being about a chiro- about being a chiropractor. I feel, I explain, I tell people this all the time. I'm like the blue collar of white collars and you are also, mm. we're not sitting at a desk all day long, even though we're using our brains. Yeah. I don't sit down. I am walking around, moving around. I am keeping my blood flowing all day long. Right. I would not be able to handle being behind a desk. So that's, that's part of also what I love being about a chiropractor. Absolutely. About being a chiropractor. Yeah, Absolutely. So Dr. Salinger, I've asked every guest so far, and you are guest number 33 on this show. What does the phrase, when you hear it, be more today, mean to you? Don't just survive, thrive. I love that saying. Because I could have kept my practice going just the way it was when, when Nathan was really young. Sherry and I worked opposite schedules. I got up early and went to work, and then when I got home, I would watch him and she went to work and then, and then vice versa on my late days. Um, and we were just surviving. We were, we were just getting through life and it sucked. We weren't seeing each other. We weren't spending time together with Nathan. Um, and so I finally decided to change my whole practice around. And I said, this is how much we have in savings. Sherry, why don't you focus on home right now? And I'm going to, go out there and try and kill it in practice. And it was a struggle for a while, but because of it, our, we made the leap and decided we're going to be more today. We're going to be able to really live life. And that was what it was. It's just don't, don't settle for where you are. If you know, it's not as much as you want. Mm. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta move forward and, and make the, you have to make the leap though. No one's going to hand anything to you. You got to say, I'm going to do this. And it's going to be a little bit, a little bit of a risk because anything in life that's worth getting is a little bit of a risk. Um, and now we're, we're in a much better position and she's bless her soul. My wife is the most supportive wife in the entire world. Um, and that was what we decided for our family was, was best right now was what she was going to kind of run the house and take care of the kids. And I was going to, go to work which once the kids are in school she can't wait to get back to work and i'm totally supportive of of that once Haley's in school also um 
but yeah, we just had to take the leap. That's what it, that's what it really is, is, is don't be afraid. Just take the leap, jump, jump into it. And you got to have faith in yourself that you'll be able to do it. And you'll thrive. That's and big. that's why we're in a much better position now than we were four years ago. That's big time. That's big time. Now, Aaron, I wrote this book, um, Be More Today, A 40-Day Guide to a Better Version of You. And in the book, I talk about these steps to greatness. There's basically things that I encourage people to either start doing, stop doing, or have a goal for their life. Now, I know 2020 has been crazy. So I'll give you the option of either saying what you had to do uh, for this year, something you want to start, stop, or some goal for this year, or something that you want to start, stop doing, or a goal for 2021. I'll let you pick either of those options. You know, my my goal is very simple. And it seems I this would have been a, a ridiculous goal pre-COVID. My goal is to exceed the size of my practice from where it was, from where it was pre-COVID, get back to where I was, and then exceed it a little bit. Um, because it's been challenging. It's definitely been challenging. And when, you know, 60% of your patient base calls in and says, sorry, I can't come in anymore. It's very deflating. It is very deflating. I don't blame anybody. We did not, nobody, you know, we, we weren't giving anybody any, any grief over it. Um, but it's very deflating and, and it's, it's been, you know, we've been crawling, we've been crawling back a little by little and, and are moving in the right direction. And that is my big goal is to get back to, and then maybe even exceed a little bit where I was beforehand. And we're getting close. We're at about 80 to 90% of where we were pre COVID. That's great. So, you know, I, I have no idea what's going to happen now that things seem to start, things seem to be looking a little bit worse, you know, COVID wise, but um, we're just going to keep, I'm going to keep my head down and keep doing what I'm doing. And patients seem to be, responding once once people are in my get in my office they seem to be positive about it understand what we're trying to do you know we're taking all the precautions everybody wears a mask and all that kind of stuff i have a sign up right on the door and if somebody's one of those people that thinks you have to wear a mask as opposed to cover your nose and your mouth i say would you please pull that up over your nose because it's not just about my safety and my staff's safety it's about everybody's comfort level So I don't want a patient to not be comfortable coming in because I have another patient who's in there who thinks it's not important to wear a mask. Yeah. And I just blame it on the, I just blame it on the governor. So I don't start an issue. I just say, sorry (laughs) to get the governor, the governor said it, nothing I can do. Not my choice. It's out of my hands. Put on a mask, cover your nose and your mouth. Yeah, it's true. We, we, we've had the same issue for the last five, six months. And it's so funny when people come in like they don't know what's been happening for the last six months. Like they come right. in, oh, I forgot my mask. I'm like, you forgot your mask? Really? Like yeah. everyone in the world is wearing a mask. Phone too? Yeah. <laughs> everyone, everywhere. What are you saying? And yeah. I have one patient right now that I clip a disposable mask to his travel card because I know he's going to walk in without a mask every single time. And I'm not wasting a mask every time he comes in. So I just take him for a leave and I clip it to his card and I give it back to him. And yeah. we have a little giggle. It, even though it really is more annoying than anything. Right, right, exactly. Like, I really want to be like, are you serious, dude? But, right, yeah, it's a bigger issue. It's a bigger issue. But yeah, I'm glad that we're in the same, on the same page with that. It's, it's, it's a continuous struggle. Um, Mm -hmm. What's one thing that you want to start doing? Uh, I want to be a little bit less lazy. I want, I want to get up and, uh, so my sister's been living with me because she moved from New York since, um, COVID started in March and has been staying here till she figures out what her next move is. Um, and my sister and my wife has just, have just been killing it without home workouts. They're doing yoga all the time. They're doing circuit training in the driveway. And I have started jumping in cause I'm like, all right, this, you guys are doing good. I got to jump in. I got to be part of this, but they are, they're killing it. They are working so hard and I am jumping on the bandwagon now. Cause I had, kind of lost focus for a little bit we all do that in life every once in a while and then you just gotta slap yourself in the face and say wake up and get back to what you're doing because i don't really want to go to the gym right now i'm not gonna lie that doesn't it just doesn't appeal to me and there's so many things that as you know you can do at home and i do stuff at my office too because power plates are like the most amazing exercise equipment in the entire world and so i'm i'm keeping myself active there also and i'm really trying to push myself and 
I got a break between patients. Great. Let's do some planks on the power plates. Awesome. You know, just keep myself active and, I, and I'm working hard at getting better at that. There you go. There you I go. don't want the dad bod. Nobody wants the dad bod. <laughs> Nobody wants the dad bod. No, I've stayed away from it so far. I just want to make sure I don't get to it. There you go. Uh, and lastly, one, one thing you want to stop doing. Overthinking things. Mm. Stop overthinking things. I get into my own head. I let my anxiety go up over things. And I'm just like, you can't control that. Stop, stop overthinking things that are out of your control anyways. Don't think about what the problem is. Just think about what is the solution. Yeah. You know? That's big. And I have lots of people in my life that I can bounce ideas off of and call and ask. I have a practice coach that I call if, if something's going on and I don't know how to handle it. Call him up or I have an every two-week meeting with him. Ask it when I'm on the phone with him and we come up with a plan of attack. It's always never, never be too proud to ask for help because no matter how much experience you have, there's always somebody who's had more experience than you are. Okay. I, I, I don't know anybody who doesn't have anybody who they can look up to and be like, all right, you know, I think I'm doing a pretty good job, but you're doing the damn thing. That's that's a Sean special right there. Doing the damn thing. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Any final tips you want to share with aspiring chiropractors, aspiring people who want to have their own businesses, um, anything that's related to what you do, sir. Plan. I hate to say, you know, some people say, don't be a planner. I just plan, figure out what you want to do. If somebody ever wants to go to chiropractic school, my answer is come in and shadow me. See how I do it. If you may say this is garbage. This is not the way I want to do this. I'll send you to a different chiropractor who might do it differently. And that might resonate you with you a little bit more. But if anybody's ever aspiring, shadow, 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 as many, not the same person all the time either. Go to, you know, 10 different offices. And I don't know any chiropractors who aren't very happy to have somebody shadow them. And I've never had a patient say, no, I'm not comfortable having somebody shadow. So the answer is, is just research and figure out what it is you want to do. Um, figure out what it is you really want. Don't just guess because I thought that I really knew how I wanted to practice. And then when I got in, I realized, oh, wow, you can do absolutely nothing there. <laughs> and, and I have a much clearer view now. And I, it probably would have helped me in my first eight years in practice that I was struggling if I had actually formulated a clear idea of what I wanted to do, which is what I tell. I carry that over when I'm talking to patients. I don't just say, let's just start. We'll kind of work our way through. No, I tell them from the beginning, this is what I think we need to do. This is how long it's going to take. And this is what our clearly defined goals are, not just get you out of pain. So I, 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 I carry in terms of the way I run my business. That's how I approach patient care. Also is know what you're going to do, what your goals are, what you're trying to do. That's it. Where can people connect with you on social media or otherwise? Um, I stink at social media, but I have a, you know, I'm on, I'm on Facebook and I have a Facebook business page, which is Balanced Chiropractic and Wellness Center. The and is an ampersand. Um, yeah, I don't do much on, on I don't do much on, on Twitter or Instagram or anything, but uh, Facebook is really the best way to find me. And then my website is the easiest website ever. It is www.providencechiropractor.com. That was also a Tony Hatala special making me buy that. Look at and that. It was a very good pur- it was a very good purchase because nobody forgets my website. That's right. That's big time. That's so. big time. Aaron Salinger, thank you so much for being the guest on episode three. My pleasure, dude. You, my friend, are you're killing it. I'm just really proud of you. And um yeah, but let's keep in touch, man. We gotta be, do a better job of making sure that we you know we connect. Yeah. Once things calm down, once once we're not in the middle of a pandemic, we need to see each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Folks, our quotation for today, do not forget it. A part of reclaiming your time is taking care of yourself by Nadia Lopez. Make sure you take some time to either see someone, right? Dr. Salinger or myself, or if that's not even what you have to do, take some time and get some workouts in. Uh, You heard him say his wife and sister are in the driveway getting it in. Uh, Find some time, get these workouts in. 
get out of that desk, stand up a little more, be a little more proactive about how your workstation is and make some changes in your life to take care of yourself every single day. Again, this is Be More Today Show. Uh, we are found everywhere, folks. We're on Instagram and we're on Facebook, of course, and our website is bemoretoday.com. That's bemoretoday.com for our music, our book, our podcast information. Uh, if you want to subscribe for our workouts, you can go on YouTube, which is Be More Today as well, and find the workouts that we're putting out every single week. Uh, you've been following us for our challenges. Please follow us and connect with us. We're continuing to put out content every single week out there and things that you can do at your home. If you don't know what to do, there are thousands of things to do that are very, very simple and easy to make sure you stay always on the move. So go on our webpage or on YouTube and find those things out for yourself. The Be More Today Strava group is live and in action. So if you are a runner or a biker, go on Strava and look up Be More Today and join our group. You'll see me on there and everyone else who is part of the Be More Today family. Go out there and make sure we get our miles in every single day. So be active be proactive with your health. And again, the Be More Today show is found everywhere, folks, in all major podcasts, including Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, and Google Play. And I'm proud to announce that we are now in 26 countries. That's right, folks, 26 countries. So all thanks to you and your support. We appreciate those who are giving their weekly contributions and those who continue to listen in every single week. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. And to our sponsors, thank you so much for continuing to give us love. Uh, we will continue to put out good content and bring people who are uh, great, like Dr. Salinger and others, on the Be More Today show as we continue to get this season going. The Worst for Life podcast debuts every single Wednesday, so look out for that as always. My boy T. Farrell doing his thing. And as I always say, folks, until next time, have a good day, have a good night, have a great life, and continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. Peace. Living life with nothing to prove. I'm gonna be a better version of me.